Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko, and on today's episode I have model Anna Laura, a.k.a. Viva La Curvy. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. everyone and welcome to big things with zach miko as always i am your host zach miko how's everybody doing today i hope you're enjoying your monday i hope it, oh, it's april fool's day everybody <laughs> there is no episode no i'm kidding please keep listening there is an episode um i don't know how april fool's day got started but i wish i was better at it i wish i made some good jokes with people um, I am going to a doctor's appointment on April Fool's Day, so I really hope uh, the doctor isn't festive. But uh, anyway, we got a great show for you today. I sit down with Anna Laura, a.k.a. Viva La Curvy. She's an amazing model, an amazing person. We talk all things growing up big, uh, talking about body positivity, talking about how she got her start in modeling, um, it's swapping, swapping old stories, just, you know, talking about what it's like to grow up in an immigrant household in New York City. It's a very interesting conversation, and I'm not going to waste your time hyping it up. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, my interview with Anna Laura. I am sitting here with model and badass Anna Laura, a.k.a. Viva La Curvy, everybody. This is when you talk. Yay. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I'm like, oh, I know. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. I literally have Zach Miko in my apartment right now. No big deal. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's very clean. I'm very proud. Thank you. I am... That's the Portuguese in me. Oh, my God. <laughs> You clean your house. I didn't know that was a uh, stereotype. Uh, oh, it is. We clean every Saturday. Oh, <laughs> I should I should start having that tradition. Um, I, we clean when people are coming over. End of list. And no, we clean when my wife's about to have a heart attack. Like when she's literally flipping out. That's oh, okay. when I'm like, okay, I'll That's clean. Fair. I'll clean. It's fine. It's like therapeutic for me. I mean, I think my least favorite chore is laundry. But oh. I mean, I have that. You know. The five floor walk up. People so. <laughs> forget about like New York living. Like, do you do your own laundry? You just I do. What? I know. Oh, that's such. You're such a good person. I, I had like a low point where I didn't do laundry for like two months. Like it was really bad, oh and I was God. like, okay, either I buy some new underwear, or I just like do, or like I just had a really busy schedule. I have absolutely done that. I paid eighty dollars. It was it was intense. Eighty dollars worth of laundry. But you don't do like drop off. You. <laughs> I did the drop off. Yeah. Oh, you. That's have why. To. That was like it was like my low point. I was that's like, okay, the thing. I was like, I never first do time my I own laundry it. ever since we moved to New York. Because, you know, when I moved to New York, it was the first time I didn't have, like, a washer-dryer. Because even when I was, like, moved out of my parents' house in Connecticut, like, the building at least had washer-dryer. Yeah. I didn't know 
like the and I was like a fool the first couple times going and doing my laundry and sitting there and doing the whole thing. And then after a while, someone's like, "Yo, they'll do it for you for like four dollars more." And I was like, yeah. "Are you serious?" I mean, we have we have oh. one in the basement, but it's just like the creepiest basement. They like, always, I always are. feel like I'm gonna get murdered. It's, is it still like? Is it free or is it still like coin operated? Yeah, yeah. I have like. My mom always like gives me a bunch of like quarters every time she sees me. So <laughs> I haven't had that since like my college dorm. Where yeah. you're just like, I think this is enough quarters. It's Here old school, yeah, for sure. Oh, we always used to do it in college, because um, there was like two washing machines for the entire dorm, and people oh, were yeah. impatient. So a lot of times you would go down there, and some asshole would have already taken all of your wet clothes out of the washing machine and they just put your hunk of wet clothes oh, on top worst. of something so they could put their wash in it. Oh, I was always mean to those people. <laughs> I opened their washing machine. If you did that to my clothes and I came in and my wet clothes were sitting on top and the washing machine was running with yours, that door is getting open. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> I was like, you are not getting clean stuff today. Passive aggressive laundry. You have to do that, man. You have to do that. <laughs> so... Let's start at the very beginning. Okay. For folks that don't know you. I mean, the whole, sure. we're going to get to know you a little bit. Okay. Um, where are you from originally? I am a native New Yorker. Hell yeah. Born and raised on the Upper East Side. Okay. Still on the Upper East Side. Literally living next to the building next to where I grew up. Really? Yeah, next door. Oh my God. <laughs> so this is like, does it even feel like you moved out on your own? Or does it feel like you just moved your room farther down the hall from your phone? I mean, <laughs> I think I lived in the building next door until I was about six or okay. seven. Oh, okay. So there was some movement, but all in Manhattan. Um, yeah, native New Yorker, born and raised. I'm always so interested. In like, so uh, New Yorker is like, most of the people you meet in New York aren't from New York. That's Correct. like the funny thing. It's like, Correct. well, maybe not that. I'd say it's like, but maybe only like a third of the people who live here have been born here. Correct. It's, yeah. it's a, definitely a city of immigrants of different kinds. Mm -hmm. So that's usually like what everyone's first question is in New York. I'm like, so where are you from? Right. And like, I'm always so interested, like, okay, I grew up with like, <laughs> you know, a backyard and like, uh -huh. uh, and like you know, a swing set and stuff like yeah. that. So what did, what did it, what was it like being a kid? I've, everyone I've talked to, <laughs> everyone always like, asks me that. Well, question. because, well, because, and that's the thing. And all my native New Yorker friends have been like, we didn't notice is just the way I lived. Right, like, exactly. Not, you didn't feel like you were missing anything because yeah. it's just life. But, right. but like, what did you do? <laughs> Did you like play outside? I don't know. These are all stupid <laughs> questions, but what do you do? Well, um, I lucked out. Like I did actually have a little backyard. Oh, so, fancy. I mean, but again, that was at the building next door. And uh, so I was like, till, till I was like seven, we had a backyard and we had like this inflatable pool that we would blow up on this in the summer. Lies. Um, but otherwise, I mean, yeah, would we play? Yeah, we, there's playgrounds and you play like basketball, handball, um, and of course there's Central Park. I mean, and uh, how, how old were you when sports. you started going places on your own? Ooh, um, because I think that's the biggest thing for like non-native New Yorkers that were like, because there was always a point by the time I was like six or seven, I could get on my bike and like go to a friend's house. Oh, OK, yeah. But no. like that's okay. not a New York no. thing because you'll get abducted six ways <laughs> to Sunday. Like, yeah, um, I think 
maybe like the fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Um, definitely by the eighth grade, we were already kind of, you know, we would go to like out for lunch or dinner after school. Um, I went to an all, um, I went to a Catholic high school, Mm -hmm. elementary school on the Upper East Side. Um, so yeah, you would either get picked up from school or you would, you know, go to the movies or something like that. I mean, uh, we, you always have like your Metro card, like a special student Metro card. So you could, you know, that's kind what, of make the, your way around. I think that's the thing that also like weirds out non New Yorkers is you guys are just getting on buses and subways as children. Yes. Which is like yes. nuts to think about <laughs> now. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just a way to get around. I, I think <laughs> it's weird. It is weird. I, guess, I know. When you think and everyone, about that's it, the but... thing is like, and everyone's <laughs> always just like, I don't know why you think this is weird. I'm like, because like, I don't know, we had a school bus and like, right. Like, I mean, we have school buses here too. No, you but, do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I lived so close to my school, so I would normally walk it and walk it anyways. Um, but yeah, I think that you're very used to public transportation at an early age, you're used to just like different cultures, different people all the time, you know. Uh, and it's just like it's just a different lifestyle, I think. And a lot of people, like don't you, really probably get that, had like know. just on a food basis. You probably had like food that kids. <laughs> I think I was like nineteen the first time I had an avocado. Like oh. just that stuff. Like we wow. were because like here, like you know, it's such a huge right. not just food scene, but just culturally, there's all Absolutely. these different cuisines. You're probably yeah. trying crazy stuff at a young age. Yeah. I think I was in my 20s when I had hummus. Like, I had no idea oh, what I, yeah. this stuff I mean, was. I was always kind of like a picky eater growing up, so I don't think I was too adventurous. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for sure, you get to you get exposure to a lot of things earlier at an earlier age. So, What would, like, a typical, like, Tuesday night dinner be? My, my mom, so my parents are immigrants, so I'm mm-hmm. a first-generation American. My dad is from Brazil, and my mom is from Portugal. Oh, perfect. So my mom would always cook stuff. I mean, anywhere from like chicken cutlets and spaghetti to more, you know, traditional like like a stew, like a beef stew or yeah, just I, I'm not like a I don't like fish. So I'm like you don't like fish. I know I'm like the worst Portuguese person. I was going to say that's like all, <laughs> my uh, we used to go vacationing um, in Cape Cod as kids mm, and Cape yeah. Cod's a huge Portuguese community. Right. And yeah. Everything's fish. I like, know. The it's, entire. It's such a big staple in, in like the culture. And yeah. Yeah, I don't like fish. Oh, my God. My mom's like, what is wrong with you? Like, all of them, like, <laughs> like the first wave of, like, Massachusetts commercial fishermen were all Portuguese. Yeah. Like they, and they were yeah. the ones that, like, taught everyone else how to do it. Mm-hmm. A, I thought, that's a fuzzy pillow. I thought there was a cat behind me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a very, that's a goat pillow. From goat? John, from Jonathan Adler, yes. Oh, well, <laughs> goat for her something. That's a that's a very comfy goat. Um, question, because I sure. actually don't think I know. So your mom's from Portugal, your dad's from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Do Brazil and Portugal like still have a lot of back and forth? Like I say that because like a lot of the Spanish speaking in South America, they have nothing to do with Spain anymore. Right. Like I know that's where the language came from mm-hmm. and like, you know, when they colonized it and with, you know, Brazil, they speak Portuguese. Correct. I actually don't know if they, is there any sort of relationship between the original country? I'm not sure. Um, I, I would say that there's still some, you know, underlying animosity there. 
And Probably. I think it's just like, you know, it's like the colonizer and the, you know, um, kind of taking over this country. Um, but I'm not sure, like, in terms of, like, political relationships. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not, like, as well-versed as I probably should be in the in, in that. But uh, I'm not expecting you to be. I'm not, this, this <laughs> That's isn't a, like, I should have done some research This before. isn't a foreign policy. That was just, like, the fact that... <laughs> I have that, no idea. I mean... I mean, the fact that you were like, oh, my mom's different. Portuguese of a Brazilian. I was like, oh, they speak the same language. That's so good. They like, do, normally, but it's super different. I know. Like, yeah. it's oh, super yeah. different. Well, like, you go to Spain and then, like, Colombia, and they, like, it, it's yeah. a completely different dialect. And it's like, or, like, you know, American English versus English, you know, in Britain or yeah, Australia. Like, exactly. there's different accent, there's different slang, there's different, well, even Brazilian Portuguese and European Portuguese, there's different grammar um, things. So, like, it's, it's definitely difficult. I mean, I, I learned how to speak Portuguese, but I'm not very, I never learned it formally, so... Yeah. I can understand it, I can read it, I can write it, but my vocabulary is probably like fourth graders. It's okay. <laughs> like that's, limit. that's like definitely to, limited vocabulary. I'm way less like with Spanish. I don't know any Portuguese at all. Yeah. And like with my Spanish, it's enough where if someone starts talking to me, I can get sixty to seventy percent of what they said. Right. Well, I know enough good. I know enough Spanish. I understand Spanish way better than I speak yeah. Spanish. I am like a three year old toddler when I try to speak <laughs> Spanish to people. But like understanding, like if someone starts yelling at me, I'm like, okay, I know what to do. I'll right. go do that thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, and my parents, my mom always wanted me to like really speak it. And she would, but she said that I would get like self conscious when I would speak yeah. it because my mom would start laughing because I was like cute, you know, like a cute little four year old speaking Portuguese. And then I kind of just would always respond in English. So did they speak Portuguese in the house? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they still do to this day. So, um, but it's just, it's just funny because like because she was like laughing at me because I was cute like not yeah. like in a like malicious way but like no of course so cute. Like, it's adorable so I you know I'd get really self conscious so like would they so they speak Portuguese in the house but would they speak English or Portuguese to you like growing up mostly English mostly English yeah that's very I mean were they looking to because I feel like they're like with immigrant families it always goes two ways it's always like either. We want you to take to keep as much of our native mm-hmm. language and culture as possible, or the exact opposite, right. where they're like, "We want you to be an American as possible." Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, my parents are pretty different. My dad is probably like the worst Brazilian ever. Like, he doesn't like soccer. He doesn't real, know how to oh, dance. That's real bad. Okay, he's just like not the stereotypical what you would think is a Brazilian. He's very. He, I mean, he became an American citizen too, so. He's definitely very acclimated and he's been here, you know, longer than he's been in Brazil. I think he yeah. came here when he was like in his like 18 or 19. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah. Um, and so, so, I mean, they both still have accents. Um, so I think that's something they struggle with. Like my dad's always struggling with grammar and, um, you know, maybe pronunciations of words here and there. My mom works in retail, so she's kind of really honed in her skills mm-hmm. and she learned how to speak English by watching soap operas. That's what everyone, yeah. in Europe, everyone <laughs> in Europe learned from soap operas and TV. Crazy. It is nuts. Someone was explaining it to me. It's cause like only a couple of countries like Germans, for example, if you, Germans always have very thick accents mm-hmm. and the reason they do is because when they watch American television, um, it's dubbed over into oh. German, but a lot of other Europe, it's just with the subtitles. Yeah. So they subtitles. hear the American English and that's why it's like, it's so, it, it's. I know. And like, I, I myself watch TV with subtitles now. I'm just so used to it because that's how my, my parents would watch TV. So 
for me, it's like I'm like the worst lip reader. Like I'm so bad at it. I'm like, oh I need God. subtitles in real life. Like, <laughs> like I, I can't hear. Can what someone just say? tell me know. what they said? I know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, did you have any brothers and sisters or anything like no, that? No, I'm an only child. Oh, only lucky you. Is it lucky? That's a positive response. I normally get like, oh. I know. Oh, so you're spoiled. No, (laughs) you're not. You're definitely not spoiled, but it's it's definitely a different way of growing. My like closest friend in elementary school, his name was Nick Craig, and he was an only child. And he was I never felt like he was spoiled or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but he also definitely had things I did not because there weren't other kids to like take care of. So like he got an N sixty four like real early. Yeah. And like he had all he had all the he was a blast to hang out with. I mean, he was a fun guy, but he was a blast to hang out with because if you're going to Nick's house, Nick had all the greatest stuff because yeah. he was because <laughs> he was an only child. He needed to entertain himself, so he had all the toys. That's so funny. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, a lot of my friends are native New Yorkers too, and mm-hmm. most of them are only children. So maybe it's just like a no. That's a thing another big thing too. is that yeah. New Yorkers also do not have nearly as many children. Yeah, because where are you putting them? Where are you putting them? How are you paying for them? Well, I mean, one of my... (laughs) Exactly. Another one of my close friends, he's a native New Yorker, and he's one of three. So like, And they lived in a two-bedroom apartment. So, like, him, his twin brother, and his sister all lived in the same room. Like, Oh, my gosh. Because they had to. There was not really an option. So I think because of that, like, even me and my wife, like, when we think about having kids, Mm -hmm. the idea of having more than two is like oh, yeah, no. ridiculous now. Whereas like Laura, when she was when she was younger, she's like, I want it like like between five and seven children, and I'm just like, that's <laughs> she's she's from Georgia. That's what they do. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> she's, she's from like a farm town, so it's oh, like okay. yeah. Whereas me is like, I grew up in the suburbs, um, in Connecticut. So for us, the magic number of families was three. three. You always had three. Mm-hmm. You always had an old, you know. Oldest, middle, youngest. Because right. I'm one of three, and then every other family had like three kids. Interesting. Then you move to New York, and it's two or one. Yeah. Like you never have more than or that. zero. <laughs> or a lot of zero. A lot of. I mean, it's. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I totally get it. So I mean, yeah, I'm an only child, but I mean, when people say like, "Oh, you, you know," that like stigma, I think with the only being an only child is. Uh, I mean, I always say this. I'm, I'm like, my parents were immigrants. They instilled mm-hmm. like a very like this work ethic in me. So yeah, did I get that Barbie that I wanted? Yeah, I did. But I had to get a hundred on that science test, you Hell know? Yeah. So, um, and I think that mentality of like earning what you get has been like completely instilled Which in me so up until college, like, you know, through college, through life. So, I mean, not to like, you know, shit on any current parents that I know <laughs> or anything like that, but that's a big thing is a yeah. lot of, I mean, we see it, Every day. Now, mind you, people are more hysterical about it on the news. And usually it's Fox News yelling about it. But like, so people are more hysterical about it than they should be. But it is true. Like right now they were going through like the extreme like helicopter parenting. I just saw a news article where this girl, it's called snowplow parenting, is the new what? thing. Instead of helicopter, so helicopter parenting is always like, oh, I'm yeah, always around, always watching. Yeah. Now they have something called snowplow parenting. Okay. This got brought up with the like college admissions scandal that just happened. Right. Snowplow parenting is parents who move every single obstacle imaginable out of their kid's way oh. so they never have to deal with it. So there was this girl who when she was young, decided she hated wet food. She hated anything with sauce on it. 
couldn't eat sauce. So the parents made sure she never had sauce. If she went to sleep over at a kid's house or go to another friend's house for dinner, the parents would like call the other parents and be like, there cannot be sauce on anything. What? And would like make sure there was never sauce anywhere. Um, and then she goes to college and she couldn't handle that there was sauce on everything in the cafeteria. Wow. So she dropped out of school. <laughs> And it's just like, that's just the level of like, of like, like making your kids so soft that like, you dropped out of college because there was too much sauce on your food. Like, that's nuts to me. That's, yeah, that's That's obviously a beyond extreme example. But like, (laughs) but I feel like that that it's, it's, yeah, I grew up the same way where I'm like, no, if you want something, you have to do chores. You have to earn it. You have to get stuff. We didn't get allowances or anything growing up. We got, um, my grandfather lived across the street from us and we would go around the neighborhood and collect all the cans and bottles and then we would return them. And that was our spending money as children (laughs) was that we had to go, you know, return cans and bottles. All right. Well, that's nice. The saddest day of my life was when my sister became old enough to like come with us because that means I had to split the money with her because my grandfather would let me keep, you know, I kept all the money. And then when Casey got old enough, she helped. And then I had to split it. And my, oh, are you the oldest? Yeah, I'm, I'm the oldest. My sister Casey and then my little brother Jake. Nice. So, And oh, then man. I was luckily moving out by the time Jake started collecting cans and bottles. Because <laughs> I moved out like right at 18. So, And he was 12? Yeah, I'm trying to think how much older <laughs> I am than him. Um, so you went to Catholic school throughout... Um, throughout high school. Throughout high school. So yeah, I went to um, a co-ed Catholic, high, um, Catholic elementary school, K-8. to Okay. St. Ignatius. It's actually where J-Lo's kids go. Oh, uh-huh. good good school. Good school. I know. I She like posted on Instagram maybe like two years ago now. Like, first day of fourth grade and they're wearing like the blazer. And I'm like, wait a second. I recognize that, I know that blazer. blazer. What? <laughs> um, so I was pretty hyped about that. Um, and then I went to an all-girls Catholic high school on the Upper East Side as well named Dominican Academy. Okay. Uh, very small high school. Um, our class was probably the biggest in the history of the school, and we had 80 girls. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's tiny. When you were there, did you ever do, because you were you had some music on when we were setting up, you are singing a little bit. Did you do musical <laughs> theater or anything like that in high school? Um, uh, I I mean, I like musical theater. I did I did the Music Men in eighth grade. Nice. And, um, my high school was pretty small and then we didn't have a gym so uh, um out, we had like music and drama class uh freshman and sophomore year and we would do like one act plays so i was king herod for <laughs> okay for jesus christ superstar yeah that's awesome it was so much fun and you, you like we were in charge of the whole production um choreography everything so it was just like a really good time i always remember doing that um but i i mean i do like singing i was in glee, glee club or and liturgical choir for like I one didn't year. know <laughs> what Glee Club was until the show Glee came out. Oh, really? Because my school never had it. We just had the if you wanted to do something like there's no show choir. If you wanted to do something like that, yeah, you had to be in the musicals. Like, oh, okay, growing up, we had choir, but choir was boring. Choir <laughs> was, I guess, similar. It's like liturgical. It was a lot yeah. of just like hallelujah stuff. Yeah, and you were just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mostly did that because instead of sitting in the pews, I mean, when you go to Catholic school you have to go to church yeah. so 
it was just like a, it was just different. Like you would be like on the altar and it was kind of like more fun because you're singing and it goes by faster. (laughs) Oh, I know. I was an altar boy for that very reason. Because yeah, I grew up Catholic too. And you know, we went to church every Sunday and it was, and in order to do it faster. Yeah. I was like, as soon as I could, I became an altar boy because exactly. I was at least doing stuff. Yeah. However, I one time, so what happens was the way our church was set up was there were three seats on the altar and then there were a bunch of seats on the side. And what happened was, you know, the priest sat there in the, in the middle seat. And then if there was like a deacon or something, they would sit on one of the other two sides uh-huh. but for some reason one altar boy always also got to sit next to the priest on oh. the third seat um or altar server i should say they didn't call him altar boy. it was altar server because we had boys and girls do it and um one time i was sitting i got i got chosen to sit in the big seat and i <laughs> fell asleep while he was there oh, but everyone man. could see that i was asleep because yeah. i was sitting in front of everybody my father was not happy <laughs> No, it's like it's it's definitely like a whole thing. It's I mean, I don't really go to church anymore, but um, it was it was definitely something to pass the time. Um, And but however, growing up, I did do a lot of dance. Okay, so that was kind of my thing. And I think maybe this is also like a New Yorker thing. But, you know, growing up here, you always have like after school activities. Oh, no, it was the same with us. Okay, all right. (laughs) Because because school ended at two, but your parents didn't get home from work till like five. So they were were trying to find stuff for you to do. So like every Saturday I had dance. So I danced ballet um, for seven years. And then um, flamenco. Oh. Fun fact, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so I learned how to play the castanets. Um... And it was, I was, you Those know, are the clamshells for any of us. The clamshells, yes. <laughs> Percussion <laughs> instrument. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So that was kind of like my, my schick for a bit. And then once I went to high school, I stopped. But uh, that was kind of like my, my thing. I mean, I love singing and like I'm a huge karaoke fan. I'll go to, I go to this one karaoke bar in the city like at least once a month. Which one? Keats. Keats? I know Keats. You know Keats? I know Keats. It's next to my doctor's office. No way. <laughs> I love Keats. I mean, it's like my little, you know, it's my bar. That's I'll go so there. fun. Um, and, you know, everyone knows your name. It's like That's cheers. another important New Yorker <laughs> thing is having a local bar. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I know for me, I'm like, I go to other bars, but I'm like loyal to my local because I don't go out that much anymore. I'm very, I've, I turn into an old man pretty quickly. <laughs> And but now if I do want to go out, I always want to go to the same bar, which yeah. is Passage in Astoria, which is my fi- which is like, and I always want to go to Passage, and everyone's like, Can "We go, you want to go here?" I was like, "We should just any time." Where everyone's yeah. like, "Where should we go tonight?" And I was like, "Of course you want to go there, Zach." I'm like, "Yeah, of course I want to go." Yeah, there. I'm the same way with Keats. I'm like, <laughs> if we're in this area, like, hey, do you want to do some karaoke? Yeah, exactly. It's just a good time. I've been going there since I turned 21. I'm so. almost positive I've done karaoke at Keats. Now that I think about it. It's it's a good time because I because I know it's the because I know the inside of Keats and I don't remember. It's like the little stage when yeah, you like yeah, first yeah. walk in, yeah. And I don't know how else I would know it other than <laughs> back in my karaoke days, yeah. wandering in there at one time. So um, when you were doing dance, how tall were like? So you're pretty. Th- you're tall. Yes, you're I'm. Good. I guess I'm. I'm six feet. Are you? Yeah. Good. I, I don't. Five elevens and a half so far. I, I never know. I, I know enough to notice people are tall but like I'm 6'6 six, six, so I'll be honest I don't really notice what people are tall like really and, which is like because I know six six foot for a girl's very tall yeah and I don't 
I always forget that. So it's like, <laughs> Everyone's short to you, so <laughs> for the I most know. part. So what was sort of when did you start like shooting up? Oh, ever since I was little. Really? Yeah, I was twenty two and a half inches when I was born. That's basically almost two rulers. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that big for Intense. a baby? Should I know? That's long. Very long. long. It was I, very long and skinny baby. My I was a very living. I was a very long baby too. Yeah. I don't know my my what my measurement was, but yeah. I know I freaked out my dad. My mom's was like, "You looked like a like a little dead bird," and I was like, "Great, thanks, mom." <laughs> my dad said, "Look, I looked like a dead elf." So it makes <laughs> you feel. All right. Well, apparently, there we go. We, apparently, tall people come out looking a little dead. Yeah, so it's t- good to know. <laughs> I think it's because they expect this cute little baby arm, and I yeah. have like longer arms yeah. and legs. So instead of like remove not moving giving birth to a baby it was like a, a person came out yeah and they were like oh this is strange <laughs> exactly this the same is not thing. what they're supposed to look like yeah and i was like your your arms are just like flailing to the side and you look like a little little bird and i was like okay <laughs> so did you so you grow up in general you were always like one of the biggest kids around oh yes yeah absolutely even even i mean weight wise but also 100 percent height wise yeah yeah no it's definitely it, it was the same for me i was always the biggest both ways yeah and i think that's like it's so interesting because like they when you're big and taller mm-hmm. like you just i don't know it's it's i think it's more noticeable for people so it like freaks it them out because you're just bigger on in than the average person on like every scale yeah so it like not you i mean us as in, <laughs> in general no yeah you're, just you're in right general though. so yeah. like it, people get kind of like oh oh hello yeah you're like I mean, I have like photos where, you know, I'm ta- I'm towering over these kids that are yeah. the same age as me. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember for my <laughs> first Holy Communion, um, we couldn't find shoes, like white shoes that like fit me. I had like, I, I had big feet. I'm like yeah. a size 12. So uh, my mom had to like buy shoes and spray paint them white. <laughs> what age did you go from uh, like the girls section to the women's section? Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> That's how you know I mean, it's a long way. Yeah. I think I was <laughs> like time. eight years old. I yeah, was like, a, I was yeah. like, sounds eight about or, right for me too. I know. I was like eight or nine years old, and they're like, and now you're in the men's section. Yeah. Because so I remember like sizes, like little, like little boy sizes were like similar to women's sizing. They were like two and three and four mm-hmm. and blah. And then when you get in the men's sizes, it's closer to just what the actual weight waist right. measurement yeah. was. I remember I was a sixteen husky. Um, which is what, do they do that with women's clothing? Do they add words like that for bigger kids? No. I mean, I remember being like 14, 16. For boys, they, for little, for like in the boys sizes, they had what was called the husky section, which was the little fat boy section. And (laughs) so there was, so I was husky as they always called it. And that was their trying to be nice word of it yeah. but now that just gives me like nightmares and flashbacks Aww. like anything talking about the husky so would you section. ever get a husky dog oh well, yeah that's different <laughs> those, are, those are like wolves reclaim reclaim the word. however uh my my dog hates huskies which is so i have a little dog i have a dog named brenner he's a oh. he's a rescue he's a lab slash border collie slash pit oh, slash wow. everything he's just a mutt and for some reason he hates huskies he will attack them he will not he's the nicest dog in the world he's afraid of people he doesn't bite he'll just like cower into a ball and not move he's the most timid dog in the world he hates huskies 
That's weird. He like latches on any, not just huskies and like German shepherds too. Any dog that looks kind of like a wolf, oh, like wow. any like big hairy wolf looking dog. Interesting. Something kicks in and he's like, I need to kill that thing. <laughs> and it's always trauma. Probably. And it's always double his weight too. So I'm like, <laughs> dude, you're gonna get killed. You need to stop. But yeah, the yeah. husky section was a scary thing for young boys. So I went from like a 16 husky to like, all right, now you have to wear a men's 32. But I was oh. eight years old. <laughs> so it was like, and, and and I remember, but I was happy to go into the men's section because yeah. to me, the husky boys section was so much weirder. <laughs> like I was happy to be like, oh, you're a man now. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I think there's probably more shame like assigned to women to assign to a little, like a little girl going into the women's section probably is there like was that like a i feel like yeah like oh like i can never get like limited to or you know like oh my God. all the like cute clothes you um, know the pink you know fun glittery um you know i'd have to go straight to like ann taylor oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh i know so, what that was like. luckily for in the boys you know, since there's just less designers in general, yeah. I was wearing like, you know, Levi Husky boys pants yeah. and then I wore Levi men's pants. Yeah. It was like not that big of a deal. But with the Husky thing, it would, you know, on Levi's, they'll have like the size on the back, um, on the back patch, yeah. which is like a dick move. Yeah, I don't know I don't why like you're, that. I hate Jerseys that. too. Jerseys yeah. do that too. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. So I have that and it would have like just the patch there with like the size on it. But for the little boys when it said Husky on it. So oh, like I would have taken bo- that off. So <laughs> other little boys would like point at me and be like, Husky. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, honestly, I actually was like kind of a tomboy. Like I wore a lot of basketball shorts and mm-hmm. basketball, you know, like Nikes and basketball, like sneakers and, and, and just like oversized t-shirts. So, I mean, I mean, I think that has to do with kind of limiting clothes, clothing options. So I would, you know, I would just wear like boys t-shirts all the time. I wore a lot of like sporty stuff back in the day. Uh, I mean, you, I, 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 I know. <laughs> Did you ever, do, were you ever like pressured to do sports because you were bigger? Um, no, um, I mean, like I could have gone into sports. I think I, I did softball for a little bit, but mm-hmm. um, I got injured, so I that was a very short-lived career. Yeah. Um, and then so I did dance instead, and I mean, I did basketball in. That's what I was gonna yeah, ask. Is me as like a taller, the second year over six foot, the the, the <laughs> school basketball coach walks up to you and they're like, "Hey, what 100%. are you doing?" <laughs> You're yep. just like, "I'm not. I'm terrible." They're like, "We don't. We don't care." I was like, so bad. I was so bad, and. Honestly, though, I was actually a pretty good outside shooter, but because I was tall, they would always have you under the basket for rebounding and, you know, yeah, no, and I being ha- a center. So I hated it. I hated <laughs> it. it. My grandfather was a college basketball star in the 50s. Oh, wow. If there was such a thing. Like, like um, so he scored, he played for Fairfield University in Connecticut. He scored their first basket ever. Like, wow, they have his, like, so plaque cool. on the Wall of Fame, like the Hall of Fame yeah. in the in the college and whatnot. And so we also grew up, he loved basketball and he would take us because the college he went to was only like half an hour away from us. So we'd always go to Mm -hmm. Fairfield Stags games. Um, He wanted us to play basketball so bad. Oh my gosh. And I I could, I had, couldn't have loved going to the games with them and hanging out, but like tried to play like twice. And I was like, I hate this. I loved, I loved horse. I was really into yes, horse. Exactly. I was shooting, really into horse. Shooting. I was really into knockout. 
You ever yeah. played knockout yes. where it's like you shoot and but if you miss the person behind you shoots yes. and if they get it in before yes. you you're out i love that we play yeah. that every easter i don't know why <laughs> every easter all the men in my yeah i love shooting play knockout but yeah when it came to the actual game running back and forth oh. i also have asthma so like that was a whole other that thing also, too. yeah i'm sure that so, doesn't uh, help <laughs> Just like not not the best recipe there with like a messed up knee from softball and then asthma. <laughs> I know. It, for me, it was the thing is like I was already not interested in doing it. Oh. And then like they kind of I was kind of like forced into like I never I never played basketball because I couldn't do it. But, you know, as a kid, at least as a little boy, you had to play stuff. Yeah. So I did Little League and I did little like Little League soccer right. and stuff like yeah. that. And just each time I was like, Ugh. <laughs> I did Little League baseball for a long time. I liked baseball until the kids started pitching. So I loved T-ball. And oh, okay. then, so we had T-ball, and then we had coach pitch. So the coach would just like lob it underhand to you. Yeah. And then we had kid pitch where they were like, okay, now we're going to try to strike you out and stuff. And because I was so big, I, um, I took up more of the strike zone than other people, oh I guess. Oh, my God. And I set a record in uh, Sterling House, Stratford Rec League, Little League. <laughs> I set a record for the most times ever hit with a ball while at bat. Stop. <laughs> Every so single time I went up to bat, they would hit me with a baseball. Oh, I my hated gosh. It. And then, like, the next year, my parents were like, so do you want to play baseball again? I'm like, no. Yeah. I was hit 50 times this year. What about football, though? Football, I had a panic attack Aww. when I went to tryouts. I went, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm a big kid. I should play football. Yeah. Because that's what you think. Right. And so I go um, freshman. So it was like the summer between eighth grade and freshman year of high school. And that's when like tryouts were for the football team, for the freshman football team. And I was like, I'm, I'm big. I should play football. Right. I'm going to go do that. Um, at the time, I don't think I was even certain how football was played. Like I yeah. was like, my dad was a Giants fan. I would watch with him. But other than that, like I didn't really yeah. know. It's complicated. Yeah. So, I mean, now I love football as a spectator. I'm really glad Same. I didn't play yeah. it. Um, <laughs> but I showed up cause I was like, I need to do this. I need to do this. And I look around and I realized that every other kid trying out for football is every single kid who ever bullied me in <laughs> in elementary oh school gosh. and middle school for like being the fat kid. Yeah. Like every single one of them. That's just who that's the only people who were there. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. Like, that's I don't want to be near. And I've had like my first like as a little kid, I had a full on oh, like no. panic anxiety attack. And my mom's Sucks. like, what's going And And the worst part is we got all the way. I start like I'm wearing line and I start like ramping up and like started getting like and my mom's like, what is wrong with you? And she's like, and I'm getting I'm, I'm just ramping up but i'm kind of like not that bad we get to the window to like s sign the paper like to start the paperwork and like sign yeah. the release form so i could do it and I'm just full on i start freaking out i was like we need to go we need to go we need to get out of here oh. and like i started just <laughs> crying and i was oh, like i can't no. do this everyone who's ever believed me is now watching me cry wow. in line and i was like i gotta get out of here and my mom's <laughs> like fine fuck it I don't, we'll, yeah. we'll go I mean, my mom, yeah, my mom didn't really care about sports. She was, you know, I, again, the immigrant thing. It's kind of like education, education. Yeah. So I was doing a lot in high school anyways. I was like on the newspaper. Like I was, I was a school photographer. So I did, awesome. you know, newspaper, yearbook, photo editor. Um, I was in Latin club, science club. 
you know, everything. I was such an overachiever. In That's high great, school. though. That's awesome. I mean, it was good. It paid off. Um, yeah. And, but I thankfully never really had bullies, though. Like, I, I never really was bullied. Oh, Is that my parents? Honestly, so my lucky. parents are my biggest bullies oh to my this God. day. <laughs> to this day. But, oh. um, I think, I mean, and of course it's like, oh, well, we're trying to like protect you or whatnot. And, um, because I, I, especially like in Brazil, like my dad, you know, it's like the ideal body type is very small up top, but you can have, you can have like hips and a butt. No, that's a very Brazilian thing. Like, I I feel like, yeah, the Brazilian ideal body is definitely curvier than like the traditional American mainstream. Right. So there's some, uh, you know, there's but some still, forward motion. But still, he would still be like there, yeah. upset. He was always upset that I was like bigger, and you know, really? I, I would get up and go to the, you know, go to the fridge to get like water or something. He'll be like, "Oh, you better not be eating anything," like like stuff like that. And honestly, I had to like have a talk with him like last year. It's it took me a long time to like it's really tough. stand up for myself about that because. I would get like anxiety going out to dinner with him. Like I'd be yeah. like, I can't oh my eat my whole meal. Like I have to eat either before or after dinner with that. him. Like, I, I, I mean, I was very lucky that my parents, my parents didn't do that too. Well, my mom, I mean, my parents did a little bit, but oh, that's an annoying sound. Um, my parents did it in a more concerned way. Right. Like the shit, like they never really made f- like they never I never felt bullied but like for me it was like more subliminal and subconscious but my mom also like did similar things so like I did every fad diet like my mom was my diet buddy it oh, was man. so for yeah. so for me it was a little more like internalized it, than yeah. like feeling attacked is like me and my mom were both going through it and she was like my diet buddy mm-hmm. and we did like Atkins together and we did weight <laughs> watchers and we did like all these yeah. st- and I just so for me it was never like you know, aggressive, but it was still like just constantly internalizing, right? right. Like the be, uh, oh, I can't be a bigger person, right? And for me, like it, it didn't even turn around. And I was in my twenties when I finally was like, maybe this is all right. Like maybe yeah. I, like I don't feel bad. I, yeah. Like I, don't, I feel, I feel healthy. I feel right. okay. Like maybe this is okay. Was there like a turning point for you? Yes. Similar like that. Yes, I mean. I, honestly, I would say when I started modeling, I feel like that was kind of the major turning point for me. I So how did that start? How did your modeling career begin? So I went to Columbia University. and what? Look at yeah. you. Okay. <laughs> Just casually dropping your Ivy League school into it. <laughs> I know. I went like, to this little college. Uh, I know. Not a lot of people know about it's it. It's like a hidden, like, I know. I have, like, this whole other life. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I mean, I, so I went to this Columbia University. I was dating this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we met in high school. Actually, We actually met on MySpace. Of so, course you did. Yeah, we did. I miss MySpace. <laughs> MySpace was great. MySpace was awesome. Um, it was way better than Facebook. So much fun. Um. And yeah, I just, we were dating, uh, he was abusive, uh, physically Mm. and mentally. Jesus. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was rough. I mean, but he was my first boyfriend. Yeah. He definitely would say things kind of like, oh, you're never going to date someone as good looking as me because you're fat. Jesus. Um, and I'll never forget. He called me like 
a troll from World of Warcraft one time. I was like, what? Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Just like crazy shit that he would say to me. Anyway, so obviously I believed it and, you know, agreed. Jesus, internally. I know. Oh, I, so I mean, it I, was rough. It was I rough. I get it. I get yeah. it. So like, like getting out of that relationship, um, my self-confidence was at its lowest. And at my college, there was this plus size model who came to talk about her journey. And her name's Tiffany Bank. I okay. You know I think yeah. I know who she is. Yeah, yeah. So there was like the show back then. Um, I think it was called, oh my God, Big Sexy or Kurt? I don't know. Um, it was like the show on like Lifetime or something, and mm-hmm. she was on it. And so like I had seen the show, and I was really excited about like you know just seeing like curvy girls on TV. So when she when I saw that she was coming to talk at my college, I went and and she was really inspiring. And I introduced myself, and we actually became friends. So just talking to her and grabbing coffee with her and grabbing dinner with her. She kind of inspired me to try it, and and, and I've never, ever, ever thought of ever being a model. Um, I I was actually really interested in photography, and I almost went to Tish, but... um, (laughs) Just keep name-dropping all those schools. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, I kind of changed gears, and I got got into my dream school, so I was obviously going to go there, and I majored in psychology, but... um, I had never been on like in front of the camera. Yeah. So she's like, just try it. Like you're tall. You're like proportionate. I think I was like a size 14 at the time. Um, and so I just made an Instagram, um, and started doing research, learned about like plus model mag and kind of the big players at the time. Yeah. Denise Badeau was like my like inspo forever. Like I love her. Um, and I found out about um, there was like this competition called Curvaceous, like literally had no I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even own heels at the time. Oh my! Aunt. I mean, I'm I'm 21, 22. Like I should have heels, but when you're but also, you're also yeah, tall. So exactly. It's like, when you're tall, you don't really need heels. So no, I my never tall really female any. friends like never wore heels. Yeah, like, just because you're already taller than everybody. Exactly. But I ha- so I had like booties that were like maybe like two inches. Oh, good. All and right. I, I mean, I had good, I had good camera. I had a good camera, obviously, because I was into photography. So I like yeah. hit up my friend. And I was like, hey, let's just like go to Central Park. Can you like take photos of me for like this competition that I'm entering? And so I entered the competition. Um, and it was kind of like a pageant almost. Like there was like swimwear and evening wear. Um, and it was like my first like. I guess <laughs> fashion show Jeez, okay. thing. And then I tried out for plus night out. Um, and I got that. And that was kind of like my big turning point where I walked in lingerie and I was like, who am you I? You <laughs> went so quickly headfirst into this. I did. That's I mean, so, I mean, that is brave as shit. Like that's, <laughs> that's one thing that I always admire about like female plus models versus mm-hmm. male is you in order to kind of make a name for yourself you guys do you go just just, just balls to the wall yeah. like, right away into it it took me 3 years to do a shirtless photo because I didn't <laughs> want to like cuz I was so self-conscious yeah. like about myself right. and the and every I mean and I but I remember I even thought of that exact thing I was like you have to do this. You have to do this shoot. You have to do this underwear shoot, Zach, because um, your women colleagues have to do this 
from the get go, right. nonstop. Yeah, you can't be a women's plus model and be like, I don't do swim or lingerie, right? Because they'll be like, then you don't model. Yeah, like like you're doing this. So. Yeah, you have to be versatile. And yeah. I mean, I went from a girl who would wear like a t-shirt to the beach, oh, me to too. wearing like a sheer black, you know, lingerie like thong, walking down that walking down the runway, and and my mom went and 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 she was like what like who are you like i didn't recognize you like i was like she's like i had no idea that was you that's awesome um, and so that was like really cool um i think that would be like my big turning point where yeah. um and, and, and there was like 40 models i think there was only like maybe five of us that weren't signed by agencies like yeah. i had no idea what i was doing i was like oh cool like this is this is it um, and it's just, it's just like a, such a fun outlet for me personally. Like I have like a professional job. I work in human resources, but, um, I love modeling on the side. Like it's always been kind of like my side gig, like my little yeah. fun passion project. Um, well you're killing your, your hobby right now. So <laughs> that's you. pretty fucking awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, you never know. Like it's crazy. And I think you have, like you look back and you're yeah. like, wow. I've, when you I've were younger, did you ever ever see this as a possibility as no thing you did 100 <laughs> no. like i said i was like such a tomboy and i just like wore like oversized t-shirts and i feel like that's the thing especially in plus modeling because everyone always asks me the same thing where they're just like did you ever think you could be a model and i was like not i never crossed my mind for a second i couldn't be a model any more than i could be queen of england like it's <laughs> yeah. just it's just not a thing right. like totally and but it but it it's so important especially in like the body positivity world i feel like everyone what's so important about us all talking about it even just doing this podcast is that a personal like of someone reaching out their hand to be like you can do this is what helped me right and it's what helps something like tiffany banks yeah. with you just being like this is the thing you can do right just opens up people's minds and hearts and it's like as a bigger person like you know we go through life with not a lot of uh positive things said about us in general True. very few people are like hey you can do this you can right. do that yeah it's almost like they're like, you know what you could do with what you have? You could do this, I guess. But they're never like, you could totally do this. Like, right. It's always, they always narrow down your options. I think it definitely helps to have someone cheering you on or, you know, and igniting that spark in you. But at the end of the day, you have to do it. You have to want to do it, too. Yeah. And um, you have to push yourself to kind of figure it out and be like, and I say this to this day, like the minute this stops being fun, like. I'll stop it. Like, yeah. you know, no, um, which is, a, which is the best mentality to have about <laughs> yeah. it because it is, it's like, this is, this isn't a job we know we need to. I mean, it depends. I think it needs to I be mean, done. Yeah. I it absolutely do needs time, to be done. So. I know. <laughs> like you. <laughs> but um, no, this is a job that needs to be done just because people like you are giving girls that were, you know, when they're young, right. something where they're like, I can be okay. Yeah. It, like representation is, I mean, we're learning that not just with size, we're learning that with, you know, multicultural, like different races and different gender identities yeah. and um, different cultures and different ages and different Absolutely. sizes and everything. And p finally, I feel like in the mainstream culture, people are starting to see themselves for the first time finally. ever. It's like, insane. Like I grew up and I'm kind of now going on this journey where I'm looking back at 
like bigger guys that I were fans of when I was younger mm-hmm. and trying to like realize that they actually did mean something to me yeah. in that way because I did I tried to you know I was like I, I don't know it's weird it's, it's important to have bigger idols and I didn't I had bigger bigger men who were idols of mine but not because not for the average reason yeah. not because I always say that if John Goodman was on people's sexiest man alive cover oh. I would have had an entirely different life like oh, just sure. because like I've you know you don't get told that you're enough yeah. ever and the fact like for so long entertainment and fashion was built on telling you that you weren't enough mm-hmm. and this is what you could do to be enough yeah Whereas now we're kind of shifting into like, no, no, you're enough. And even I noticed the beauty industry is trying to change everything, their whole approach to everyone. Because instead of them going, oh, you're not good enough, but this will make you pretty. They kind of have to come out with this like line of like, you're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Let's highlight what's gorgeous about you. I mean, when I did the Mac um, campaign, that was... It was really cool. Like I was like, oh my gosh, like there's, you know, they're using like a plus size girl, yeah. like, and I have like a double chin, and you can, you know, you know, it's like, it was mind blowing to me, um, and like even just like going into like the Mac store and seeing my like little face on like the swatch, I was like, what? It's amazing. <laughs> I know it was it was really awesome. To me, it's that stuff that matters even more than like you know, big commercials and billboards and stuff. It's like right there. Because it's almost like understated. Yeah. Because it's not like, a, oh, look what a big deal we're making having like a plus size woman on our thing. It's more like you just go in and it's like, You're it's not even funny. You're just one of the people. Yeah. You just want Because that's what, <laughs> what people of size really, really want is just to be like everybody else. Or at least just be counted in the same way. Mm-hmm. And people forget that. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I want you to celebrate my size. But only because you're celebrating everyone else's size. Yeah. Not because I think my size is better than yours or anything yeah. like that. Just because Inclusion. I want to be included in right. stuff. Totally. And I have money and I'll spend it. <laughs> that's yeah, the no, thing that's that true. always gets me about people where yeah. it's like in 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 the beauty and the fashion world where I'm just like, why don't you want my money? Like, I'll buy stuff. Yeah. And you just don't true. want it, it seems. It's so true. Oh, man. Was that your favorite? What was your favorite job you've done so far? Was it Mac or was it? other stuff um i yeah i would say mac for sure i think that's like it was like a big like one of the biggest names i've worked with um and i also really enjoyed walking for teen vogue um at their snapchat body party last year and during new york fashion week hell yeah i was the biggest model i was you know i'm a size 20 22 right now um and like to walk with like Candace Hafeen and yeah and you know it was just like what like it's these are these are like the big you know plus size supermodels and oh, yeah. I was walking alongside them yeah. like Candace is one of the biggest there is them. right now yeah it was it was I was like fangirling so hard um, <laughs> but it was just really cool and it but was, you're one of them now that's it took I was similar it takes it takes you a long time to realize like you're in these jobs with these like big stars and you're yeah. like, starting to fan out yeah and then halfway through it clicks you're like wait they booked this job just like I booked this job yeah like we were like it's it's weird I mean I I always feel weird when like even like my friends who aren't in the modeling world like I'll be hanging out with them or whatever and let's say like a group of guys comes up to us and like my friend will be like oh yeah she's a model I'm like Oh, don't don't say that. It feels oh, weird. It takes so it long feels so to get weird. used like, to I that. I can't say it. 
I was signed to IMG for like three years before I was like, what do you I do know. for a living? And I'm I a model. I still that article, by the way. Thank you. Oh, I know, like fun. back in 2016. Yeah, yeah. I share that article on Facebook, and I remember. I'm like, oh my god, this is so cool. Like he's so handsome. Aww. And. Uh, now you're sitting on my red chair. I am. <laughs> what? I am p- petting your goat pillow. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, it's like, it, it's 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 so weird. I I still have a very hard time. Yeah. To, like I will tell most people I meet that like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, I'm a model. I do big and tall stuff. Yeah. But if I meet like if I'm somewhere else and I'm it's a stranger, if I'm meeting someone, I'll tell them who I am. If it's a stranger and it's just small talk, I always say I'm a consultant. Just oh. because I want them to go. Like, I don't want to explain right. the whole thing to them. Because yeah. when you say you're a mom, when you, when if, if, you know, a dude with like ripped six pack and like a chiseled chin says he's a model, they go, oh, yeah, cool. Makes when I sense. say I'm a model, people have questions. Right. <laughs> so you're like, okay, here we go. Let's. Let's and I and I and I bet you feel the exact same yeah. way where you're just like now I have to explain this to right. people because even though plus modeling is becoming because of people like not just Ashley Graham but also people like Tess Holiday people like Candace Huffine people yeah. like it's becoming so mainstream yeah. now people like Denise Bedeau yeah um it's still so new people are like aware of what a plus model is but yeah, yeah I think it's just like. I think yeah, it's still foreign when you meet one face to face. People always say the same thing. Like you're, a pl-. I'm like, oh, I'm a plus size model. They're like, oh, like Ashley Graham. I'm like, yeah, exactly like <laughs> Ashley Graham. <laughs> I was like, we work for the exact same oh people, my gosh. totally. Yeah, but it is. It's it's, but it's it means we're breaking in. Like now, we're at the point where we have to explain it now, mm-hmm. and then in the next coming years, right. it'll just be what it is yeah you don't even have to think about absolutely. it absolutely we're getting to the point we won't even dis- like img already does that where they don't um differentiate like if you go to their men's board or their women's board yeah. all the curve and the straight models are all in the same place okay. like there's no like and here's our curve models and yeah. here's our brawn models i think that's it's- how we speak is to i'm signed by them non-exclusively and 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 they, she just has everybody on the same page yeah no as you should so. as you should right Especially like even like you drag your mouse over, it tells you their stats. You know yeah. what size, and also like even from a headshot, I'm like, you know what size I am. You know I'm not <laughs> that dude. But it's it's a slow. It, it's fun being part of this slow like gaining world. It's cool. I mean, and I've also noticed it like in the dating world too. I yeah. think. Um, it's opening things up it's, so it's, much. It's like it's definitely different. Like I. You know, I feel like I'm getting approached by guys that I never thought I would ever get approached by, you know, and it's because and, and they're 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 coming out of the chubby closet is what I say. <laughs> I love um, it. I love that. Term. You know, like maybe they've always been interested same in like men. thicker women and now they're, you know, they're same coming with, out of the woodwork. And same with more girls with thicker men. And, and I think it's because everyone always liked bigger people. Everyone like seriously. Yeah. People are always loved curves. People wise. always loved yeah. Just from an exactly exactly from a from the fact that we're mammals, we are naturally attracted to bigger people. Right. Um. But like, but because it wasn't cool and hip, people had to stay quiet about. It. I was having a conversation with my cousin about this. Oh yeah. We're both big guys, and we we're yeah. talking about how in high school, like our way of even thinking of women was so shallow. We're like, oh no, we we have to, even though we're huge dudes, we were yeah. the biggest guys and we were still <laughs> like, oh, we, you know, 
what's considered attractive right. is this tiny little person. Right. And it's like, but it was so ingrained in us mm-hmm. by TV and by film and by yeah. video games and everything that that's what, that's what you're supposed to look for in right. a mate. And, but at the same time, there was always plenty of, of like, you know, bigger girls that we were attracted to, but like, it was almost a thing where we were like, oh, we can't, we talk, can't about talk about it because yeah. then we're weird for liking Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think that's why like with um, like plus modeling on both sides becoming so mainstream. I love it. Coming out of the chubby closet is the perfect because now all these people could be like, hey, I've always liked this. Like, yeah, we could talk no, about this now. Like, I've always been into this. Like, it's totally a thing. And I mean, I've had guys that I've been on great dates with and then you know, they'll message me and be like, Hey, like you're beautiful. Like I had a great time, but like, I just can't date someone your size. Like that's literally happened to me multiple times. And I'm like, listen, I've been on my own journey here. I'm not going to like date you because you were insecure about my size, you know, like fuck you. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely like been different though. Like I feel like guys are just more into it or, you know, more open about being into it. Yeah. And now, it, thank God, like, because <laughs> it's, it's yes. just been so silly. <laughs> yeah. And and, that, and that's, I like that as a society, we're slowly realizing that everything we were doing was silly. And, st- yeah. and we, and we th- because now I feel like, especially like with size and whatnot, we're thinking objectively rather than right. like, no, 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 this is what everyone has to look like Jessica Alba. Like, yeah. that's what life is. And that's, that's what you need to aspire to. And now we're just like, hey, I like Jessica Alba, but I also like all these other people, too. Like, I I don't like it's uh, thank God. Thank (laughs) God we're moving on. Um, Did you start getting do you get people because you have a good social media following? Do you get other girls like messaging you? Yes, of course. About how to get into it. Yes, I get those a lot. Um, And I mean, it doesn't annoy me. Like, I'm not like. It's the it's it's this is a, my cynical New Yorker in no. me, but I'm like, look, I mean, Google, like, have you heard of Google? Like, that's literally how I did it. It's the most interesting. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, what can I? I mean, I can just tell you the same thing that I did. I, like, I Googled things. I started following people and yeah. I be, be, became informed and educated about it. Like, that's it's a, it. It's an interesting thing because I love all the messages I get from people who like are being supportive right. and like whatnot. And I love that. And I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. And I don't mind it when people, but the, I'm sure the same with you. I've noticed this with all plus influencers is the most common, um, message we get on that is how do I become this? Right. And you're kind of like, and you know, you want to help and you do help. And sometimes I'll tell them like just little things. Yeah. But after a while it does get to the, oh, I don't mind people being like, can you give me tips on how to start? Right. That I don't mind. Yeah. The people I've never heard of going, can you uh, introduce me to your agent? Can you show me this <laughs> stuff? Can you recommend me to people? And I was like, I don't know you. Yeah. I don't know you. Right. Also, like, I'll always give advice. I'll be like, all right, cool. Yeah. First things first, take your Instagram account off private. I don't know what you think is right. happening exactly. right here. Your Instagram is what's what you're advertising. Like, I know. It's like a whole other thing now. That's the number one advice I give everyone. Yeah. I'm like, do you have a private Instagram account? Yes. Don't. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not going to go anywhere with a private exactly. Instagram account. For sure. Anywhere because people need to know what you look like. Right. I mean, for me, I definitely I get like I'm torn about it because while I'm I'm happy that women are, you know, these women are 
feeling confident enough and excited enough to, to, yeah. to, to try to pursue modeling. I'm also kind of like, just because you're fat and can take a good selfie doesn't mean you can model, you know? Yeah. You know, with the Snapchat filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think just so people I, don't I realize just, the work that's Exactly. Going into that's it. what it is. I'm like, first of all, you have to be prepared to spend a lot of money. Like, I yeah. probably spend more money than I make. Like, my hair, like, I'm, I'm not a real blonde. Let's be real. Yeah. That's like $400 down the drain, you know? Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I, this is what, whenever I start going down this path with like my female model friends, I'm always like, man, being a boy is so much easier. Oh my God. It's so much cheaper. You guys spend so much yeah. just on the, but you knew because. Once you get into the modeling world, just even going out in public, you need to present yourself exactly. as a person who can do that. Exactly. I got. I remember right after I got signed by IMG, and I went to. I was with like my roommates, and they took a picture. I was wearing pajama pants and like a hat <laughs> and a hoodie, and I we were like grocery shopping, and then someone took a picture, and I thought it was funny, so I posted them just like this is what you do on a day off or something like that. Oh my and God. I got a text within seconds from my agent. He's like, delete that picture. Oh my god! Do not post yourself. What do he goes? Do not not post yourself. He goes. Do not walk around in public in your pajama pants ever. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. And I started realizing, I was like, oh, I have to like get ready. That's funny. I mean, well, I like makeup and I, I being a native New Yorker too, like I'm always bumping people I know always. Yeah. So for me, I'm always like leave the house. Like you would be bumping into someone that you haven't seen in a while. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do like a mascara and a little foundation here and there. Like that's like my minimum. Um, but I'm ready to slay going Hell, to the supermarket. Yeah. You need to be. You need to be. We're advertising. I always say that like I go out just in case paparazzi exists. My, right. Paparazzi has taken my photo yeah. one time. That's so and you cool. want to know why they've taken my photo? Because they thought I was someone else. And Who did they was, think you were? I don't know, but I was coming out of, um, I did a thing on Good Morning America. Yeah. So apparently they just wait outside the stage door mm -hmm. and they just blast everyone with photos. <laughs> So I come out and it's like, and they're taking photos. And then it, like there was a collective sigh. Like you could tell everyone there went, ah, oh, we don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, you can keep taking them. It's fine. Yeah. But like, but one day, hopefully, knock on wood, if careers keep going, maybe paparazzi will bug me. Yeah. Um, I hope so. I hope so too. It'd be fun. But it's kind of just to like, like a just, good, healthy extent though. Not like, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. Not, I want to have like a, a very healthy relationship with them. I was on TMZ once. That was an oh. interesting thing. They found the one photo of me that existed where I was eating food. Like, because <laughs> they, like, they did a whole story that, you know, there's a new plus size male model and they're like, and he loves stuff in his face with food. Oh my and gosh. they found on my Instagram the one photo where it's me, like, looking full with a plate of uh, chicken bones. <laughs> Look, like, because I just That's had so, so many funny. buffalo wings, but that was because I was in Buffalo. I was at like oh. Anchor Bar in Buffalo. It was like I took that photo because I'm like I'm in Buffalo eating buffalo wings, <laughs> and I'm like they found the only food picture to use. So I hope I don't have like a weird thing. There's a couple people who have like good relationships with paparazzi. Yeah, like they're. Wonder if they like pay them off or something. I think they're just nice Probably. to them. Like I think they're just like is cool. I know. Yeah, I want to get enough where someone will take my photo on the street, but not enough where like they're the kind of people like princess diana chasing your car yeah down. yeah <laughs> like, that's like next level for sure i know where did your moniker uh viva la curvy come from 
Ah, well, ah. <laughs> one of my favorite perfumes is Viva La Juicy. <laughs> oh, perfect. And literally, it just came up. I was like, oh, Viva La Kermi. And that was it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love that, actually. Nothing like super, I mean, special. But yeah, that, I mean, I still wear that perfume to this day. That's like, so I just love great. it. It's like my, you know, flashback. I know that's the fun. That's what's fun about scents is like you once you find like your smell. Yeah, like, I got a couple. I got a couple depending on the seasons and my mood. But I have a couple too. But I bet. But I've been leaning in pretty heavy with one right now. Yeah. My buddy Chris is Chris Collins. He's a model. He's actually he's fucking taught me how to model. He's oh, I owe that great. guy so much, and just from him being a nice guy, yeah. not anything else. Just because he one of my first jobs ever. He was there. He's been a model for you know twenty plus years. Wow. He was the face of Polo for like. 20 20 years and now he still does some modeling but his his main thing is he's a perfumer now he has a fragrance line that's awesome so i wear his stuff all the time because it's amazing it smells so good (laughs) it smells and he was explaining to me the difference between perfume and uh cologne i used to think cologne was for men and yeah that's what i thought too nope it is the amount of oil in the spray the amount of scented oil so a perfume i think is anything above 20 percent fragrance and like, because all perfume is, is fragrance oil and alcohol mixed together. Yeah. You spray it on, the alcohol dries, the oil stays on you. And that's how it works. Huh. So apparently it's just like cologne has like, you know, 11 to 13% oh, scent. Whereas perfume has like 20 to 25 or something. I mean, I'm sure those percentages are wrong, <laughs> but it's something like yeah. that. Because so he goes, so he makes perfume. But he makes per. I mean, he makes perfume. He's like, there's no gender exclusivity. Yeah. He goes, but I mean, I wear cologne sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. He he goes, men and women can wear it, but it is traditionally more what they would consider masculine smells. Yeah. Which also I found out. I was like, what's the difference between a masculine smell and a feminine smell? And he goes, flowers. He goes, that's literally it. He goes, if there's floral notes, it's considered women's. Yeah. If there aren't floral notes, it's considered men's. I mean, I I used to wear. In high school, I used to wear Fierce. Fierce? Fitch. Do you know that one? I do know that That's one. That's an iconic, like, iconic scent. And I, I would, would wear not... it in all the girls in my, you know, I went to an all-girls high school. They'd be like, oh, my God, Annie, you smell like such a hot guy right now. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> That's why I wear it. <laughs> I wore, was it called? Oh, it was called Blue Seduction. Ooh. Antonio Banderas. Oh, I love Antonio. Had <laughs> a cologne called Blue Seduction that was $10 at Walgreens. And there you go. that was the cologne <laughs> that I would wear as a kid. Love it. I loved Antonio Banderas so Me much. Me too. My dad's like a poor man's Antonio Banderas. I love it. Like a, I would yeah. love that. So <laughs> when you go by, because I always think this is interesting, because I was talking yeah. to jonna capone i was yeah. talking to her about it and i'm like so my like social media moniker same with stephanie malik yeah like, going by bella i always go to the thing like my, i go by my name as my social right. media moniker right when you go to like plus events and whatnot mm-hmm. how is it we like we, is it weird having like not your real yes. name be like what people know you as yes 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 i mean i've always thought about like well maybe should i, should I switch it to like anna laura plus because like that's like my gmail like my email account for for modeling yeah and then i'm like no but i feel like viva la curvy is like a brand it's become like it's a brand now exactly and um yeah i'll go to events and i'll be like oh viva viva (laughs) i'm like that's not my name (laughs) so funny 
That's and, yeah. Or I'll be like, hey, my name's Anna, and they'll be like, oh, and then you know, not or like kind of recognize me, and I'm like, oh, what's your Instagram? Viva La Curvy. Oh, okay, I got so, you now. Because I find myself knowing people by their Instagram right. handles. Totally. And like, <laughs> like, so you, there was a picture that you guys posted recently, um, where it was, it was you, Jonna Capone, Stephanie Malik. And a couple other, yeah. um, Liz Black uh-huh. and others. You guys did like a hotel yeah, lingerie yeah, yeah. shoot and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of them. I looked at one of the girls. I'm like, oh, that's curvily. And I, for two seconds, <laughs> I went, I went, and you know, yeah. I, I, and, and I know Sarah. <laughs> I've known Sarah for years now. But I saw, I was like, oh, there's curvily. Right. And I remember it clicked in my head. I was like, do you not know her fucking name? And yeah. I was like, and then I was like, no, no, I know her. Like I remembered mm-hmm. her real name. But then I was like, but that's the way I think of people totally. is Same. in their social media Same. tag, <laughs> which is like rough. Like I'll look at a picture of people and I do not think of it as, you know, here's, Here's Anna and yeah. Jana and Stephanie. I go, oh, look, we have a picture uh, with uh, Bella Barmshell <laughs> and Viva La Curvy and I know. Curvy Capone. And then I'm just like, I know, it's so oh, true. man, it's so funny. I go right to that. I go right yeah. to It's an interesting social I know, I always say thing. like at events, I feel, I mean, not that we, not that there is like name tags, but if there ever was, it would be like, I would put Viva La Curvy on it because yeah, because people would ri- people like would people know that. know that people like, and you exactly want them to follow you too. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate social media. I love Me social media, but I hate it it's so a much. Hate relationship. I've been steadily losing followers, and it's driving mm-hmm. me nuts. Just because like I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I'm like I my following goes up and down. I think I've been stuck yeah. at forty eight point six for like three months. Yeah. And but then you know one picture will be posted and I'll get a hundred and one like it's been yeah. really stagnant. But I've also hasn't haven't been posting as much. I'll I normally used to post like once a day. I'm going through now this I new thing. Post whenever. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> through this new thing with mine where. I was losing followers before. Mind you, also, I found out there was an Instagram glitch, so a lot of people lost a lot of followers. So I don't know if this is still remnants of that. I don't know if some of it was this, some of it was the other. I don't know if they're deleting bots or what they're doing. I don't know. Because part of me, I'm like, you know, I lost like 2,000 followers in the last like month or two, and I was kind of like... Do people really not like me that much? Were two thousand? No, seriously, I was like, we're two thousand people are like, fuck this guy. Yeah. I don't think I've unfollowed anyone ever. Yeah. I don't think I've ever like I once have, I've followed them, but... I don't know if I've ever unfollowed people. <laughs> but um, no, I've been doing this thing with social media where I'm like, you know, I start, I do like a morning coffee every day. Yeah. Just because I was like, I need to get better with social media and like connect with people. Right. So since I've been like ramping up social media, like doing IGTV videos mm-hmm. and more stories and more posts, right. my um, interactions are getting way better. That's good. Like it looks like all my numbers are going up. Like I'm talking to more people. People are yeah. saving it more, all that. But my followers are going down really quick. Mm. So I'm like, there's a section of my following that's like, just wants to look at you. Yeah. There's like a good amount of people. They're like, (laughs) shut up and take your shirt off. Yeah. And then they just like delete me because they're just like, I didn't sign up to hear him talk. (laughs) That's why I hate social media stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm kind of going at my social media with like a new thing. I'm like, I'm just going to be because I was kind of focused on being like the brand of Zach Miko for a long time. And now I'm kind of going with this. You know what? I'm going to stop thinking about followers. If it goes down, it goes down. Um, I'm just going to try to be as authentically myself as possible. Yeah. So hopefully the people who are and the people who are around seem to like it more. Right. 
but so much of our business is focused on it. Like I, I worry about that because I get, you know, I do paid posts every now and then. Yeah, so do and I. And I'm worried I'm going to do less because, because yeah. like, you know, my followers know. goes down. Are they going to want to keep working with me? I don't know. I know. I feel like people put a lot of pressure on themselves to post like the right caption. And I'm kind of just like, emoji. <laughs> like, I know. I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like I should, could be and should be doing more. But well, part how'd you of me start? Is how'd you start like, growing your social media? Honestly, like, <laughs> I had to like archive a lot of old stuff. But I was looking at it the other day, and I used to post like pictures of like my dog. And <laughs> yeah. But I think I started posting more outfits, um, just like even like mirror pictures, um, and hashtags. I think hashtags are the key okay. to growing um, your following because. You know, people will look at photos based off hashtags. You do the hashtag well. You, you, yeah. You're very good. I need, I don't, I'm, I'm real bad. I mean, I literally just have like a set hashtag and I have it in my clipboard and I just copy and paste it every post. Which is great. And I'll change it every once in a while, depending on, you know, if the picture like International Mermaid Day or something like that. But Which thanks for reminding me it was Mermaid Day. <laughs> it was, yeah. you, you posted a mermaid photo and I was just like, oh shit, I got some mermaid shit. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I love mermaids. My bathroom's like all mermaid themed. Me too. It's, it's next level. <laughs> I've been leaning really heavy into the merman idea because when I was a kid, like, and Zoolander came out. Oh, yeah. And there's that whole merman scene. Yes. And then I started modeling. And when I started modeling, the movie Zoolander is all I knew about modeling. Yeah. So now I'm like, it's kind of serendipitous. I'm like, you know, <laughs> every time I'll like comment to people, every, now that there's a merman emoji, yeah. every time I like reply to somebody, they, I put a little merman next to it. Aww. I'm really, I'm starting to own the merman thing. Yes, I'm going you into should. it. I, I mean, yeah, it. I have a roommate tattoo. So like it's, yeah, That's it's, awesome. it's always been something that I've loved. Like Little Mermaid Splash is like one of my favorite movies of all time. Splash is my wife's favorite movie. Really? Of all time. Yeah. Well, she's really she has aggra- good taste. She's really aggressive about watching it. <laughs> it's so good. Like it never gets old. I don't know. It's just amazing. I mean, Tom Hanks, you can't lose. You really can't. You can't. God, I'm really glad he's never had a Me Too. That's gonna. He's yeah. He's just like. That's gonna fuck the world oh up my if God. some shit comes up. Yeah, I'd be so sad. There's very few celebrities because most of these celebrities having their Me Too moments. You're like, yeah, I see it. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. God, if fucking Tom Hanks all of a sudden had one, it would just be like, oh, there's no, there is no God. So there is pure. no, exactly. <laughs> this know. is terrible. Totally. Oh, awesome. This has been fun. Yeah. This has been real fun. Yeah. I like this it's a lot. Um, before we go, is yes. there any sort of, you know, we have people listening right now who, aren't as lucky as you and me mm-hmm. to kind of start this road to learning to accept ourselves. Are there any right. pointers you can give for kind of like baby steps for people sure. just starting to accept who they are like, right. in the moment? Um, oh man. Well, I would say knowing your worth is like the biggest thing. Mm, absolutely. Um, especially coming out of an abusive relationship and being, you know, like a domestic violence survivor and, I think that was kind of like the biggest thing for me. I'm like, no, I'm worthy of this. Like I'm better than this. Like I I deserve more. And so thinking about yourself in that way, like, do I really, you know, yeah, I deserve more. I deserve this, like, you know, cheesecake and not feel guilty about it or something. Yeah. Yeah, Like treat yourself. Um, you know, I deserve to go to the gym because you know, I'm not feeling great and like I should do this. And, um, but also, 
honestly, like take photos of yourself, take selfies. Like, you know, I mean, my apartment's filled with photos and like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of just always been my thing. Like take pictures of your memories, take pictures of yourself, take pictures of your friends, ask your friends to take pictures of you. Like, I think the more that you see yourself having a good time and being happy, like, I think that helps. It's weird. Like, I think like that's always kind of helped me or, you know, like I'll be home and bored and I'll do my own makeup and just take pictures for the sake of it, you know, like kind of just like do things that make you happy. And I think the more that you do things for yourself, the more you respect yourself, the more you love yourself. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's so perfect. (laughs) Anna, thanks for talking. Thanks this was for perfect. Me. This was Everyone, great. please follow Anna on all the social medias yeah. at Viva La Curvy. Are there underscores or anything? No. Good. No One underscores. word. At Viva La Curvy, everybody. <laughs> Anna Laura, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank so you, you for sharing. <laughs> we love you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. fantastic everyone please follow viva la curvy on all of the social medias and follow us on social media at zach miko z-a-c-h-m-i-k-o you know the deal you're probably following me already i hope you are and if not at zach miko everybody um i love you all so 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 much This is one of my absolute favorite things to do every week and just get to have these amazing conversations with amazing people. And I'm glad you guys like listening. Um, So, yeah, keep on listening. Rate and subscribe if you haven't. Uh, Please recommend to friends um, because I like this show and I hope you guys too. And until next week, remember to go out in the world and do big things.